Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Almost noon. Happy Sabbath. I had a, a subject that I was thinking for a long time, and at the last moment, actually the last week, the Lord had led me in a different direction, and I hope we will get a blessing from the message. In my life, I kind of, one of my goals is uh, to try to do my best to do the world a better place, by God's help. And I uh, got to the conclusion for doing that, if you have people change their wrong opinions, they will change. If they gave up their repent of their opinion and change, they will change. So when I go around and I heard wrong opinions, if I can, I try to do my best to correct it and present the right opinion. So this sermon, it's actually, I will say now, one of the most important things and the hardest one is try to look and see what's the best for us, especially in the matter of food and what can we do so we can enjoy health and energy and do better. You know, when you are healthy and good, the best uh, thing, you know, it's you perform better. And I think uh, here at the beginning of the year, many people are look, what can I do to make this year a better year? And uh, many said, okay, I will stop doing those things that are bad and try to do more. So we look here and see how can we shed some light because it's a jungle up there. There is so much confusion about what's best for you. As many specialists are, so many ideas. So we'll try to use the Bible and God's counsel through Ellen White. And I hope we can get to some good conclusion so we can reap the benefits of doing God's will and enjoy life as he intends for us to to be. Uh, We'll start with the Bible verse. Actually, two Bible verses from Philippians 3, 18, 19. It was the scripture reading that Christian did for us. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind early things. Have you met any person like that? No? It depends what you look and what you understand by that. I don't think they have a, a worship for the belly. <laughs> but uh, let's apply some spiritual understanding of that. If God tells you don't eat that, and your belly tells is good, eat it, tell me who, and you eat it, tell me who's your God. The belly. It's not, I mean, it's not the rocket science. It's biblical. The Bible says, whoever you obey, his servants you are, that you obey. Either or sin unto death or uh, obedience to righteousness. So whoever we obey, that's whose servants are. So, you like it or not, I think we might have the belly, our God. Or at least I had it. There was a time when the belly will tell me what to eat. Even now, it's trying to tell me that. 
I hope by God's grace to be able to say no and obey God. And I think that's, uh, you know, if you look at the, the fruits of the Spirit, one, it's self-control or, or temperance. That means, you know, if your desires, your fleshly, or your pleasures, or, or the lust, uh, it tells you something that it's opposed to what God says, I think by God's grace we can obey God. And uh, that's the, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit. Actually, uh, Jesus talking about end of time. He talks here about the condition of the world. And here he says in Matthew 24, 37 and 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah and Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And here you see a group of people that seem to do nothing bad. They're just eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. But if you look into the spiritual aspect of that, you see here the result. They knew not. And, uh, you know, the result of what they were doing, it has the effect. And we know if we study in depth that what we do, eating and drinking, it affects our mental and spiritual and even moral, uh, you know, uh, behavior. And uh, if we do the wrong things, we will have the wrong doing. And... Uh, Many people uh, go around, and the sad part is by doing that, we bring it upon ourselves. Sickness, we become more sick and more diseased and more suffering. And we, I mean, now we have some knowledge, but we don't really do what's best for us. And uh, we let our desires to, to uh, control us. Actually, you know, when uh, Paul talks about the belling being our God, I think he talks about what we will call the, fle- the, the lust of the flesh. You know, in John 2.16, First John 2.16, Apostle John tells us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the flesh is things that gives us so much ple- it gives us so-called pleasure, but it's with a cause because it causes us sickness and other things. It might be uh, eating or sexual desire that are not appropriate, and uh, all the other things that tickles our flesh, and of course the lust of the eyes, and those are uh, do with pride and. Uh, uh, disobedience. But let's look here and learn some lesson about how can we do to have the best in life and uh, I think that's the way if we obey God. You know, uh, in the end of time, it talks about the message of John the Baptist or uh, the coming of the Elijah or John the Baptist. And I think uh, God had given uh, some hints 
that what John the Baptist did in his time, his people in the end of time will have to do. We'll have to prepare the world for the second coming of Christ. And we have to see what lesson we can learn from John when he tried to prepare the world for the first coming. Here, the Bible record, it gives a few hints about his uh, life. And he saying, the same John had his raiment of ca- camel's hair and a leather girdle about his loins. And his meat was locust and wild honey. Actually, his food, let's put it, this is uh, the King James version. His meat, it means his food, not necessarily just because uh, it makes sense if you take meat to be understood like that. So here the Bible gives he something about what he, how was he dressed and what he was eating. And I think uh, we have lots of uh, things we can get from uh, studying his lifestyle about eating and drinking and uh, dressing. Ellen G. White helped us to understand more clearly about the importance of this. And when he talks about John the Baptist eating locust, you know, we can jump to the wrong conclusion, thinking that he was eating the animals. Actually, what he was eating was actually what we call today carob. And carob, it's uh, the fruit of uh, a flowering evergreen tea that uh, it's in all over the world. And actually, the fruit of that, the one that is known as carob, is known in uh, St. John's bread. So this was the food of John bread, John's the Baptist, because the Bible says he, he ate locusts, and that's actually a carob. And this is a locust tree, and uh, it's uh, And w- let's look a little bit about what he was eating. And uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, what his diet was, mainly. I think he might have, but... I think the most important, uh, there were those two things, locust or carob and honey. Those were his, let's say, bread every day. Let's look a, a little bit about nutrition. Carob parts are about, uh, you know, the one that uh, they obtain the carob, are uh, one-third to a half sugar by weight, and this sugar pen can be extracted into a syrup. The pulp of carob powder is about 48 to 56 sugars and 18% cellulose and hemicellulose. Some difference in sugar content is between the wild and cultivated carob trees. The, the cultivated had a little bit more, 531 grams per kilogram. So we see here more, more than a half were sugar. You know, if you, if you will take and you will go this day and say, go to a nutrition, so-called a specialist, and ask him, hey, you know, I, I would like to have a diet like this or go in this diet, you know, he'll, he will call you, you are a sugar junkie. <laughs> you will kill yourself. It's not good for you. And uh, it shows us that, uh, you know, uh, the wisdom of this world is so... Foolishness, as the Bible says, because they rejected God. But let's see here and make some clear things about what the spirit of prophecy talks about his diet. 
And here it's what Ellen White says about John separated himself from his friends and from the luxuries of life, dwelling along in the wilderness and, and sustaining, sustaining upon a purely vegetable diet. The simplicity of his dress, a garment woven of camel's hair, was a rebuke to the extravagance and display of the people of his generation, especially of the Jewish priests. His diet also of locust and wild honey was a rebuke to the gluttony that everywhere prevailed. So his diet, uh, in a way, she put it, was good, was not indulging appetite or anything. And here is something more. John the Baptist was a man filled with the Holy Ghost from his birth. And if there was anyone who could remain unaffected by the corrupting influence of the age in which he lived, it was surely he. Yet he did not venture to trust his strength. He separated himself from his friends and relatives that his natural affection might not prove a snare to him. He will not place himself unnecessarily in the way of temptation, nor where the luxuries or even the convenience of life will lead him to indulge in ease, ease or to gratify his appetite, and thus lessen his physical and mental strength. By such a course, the important mission upon which he came will have failed of its accomplishment. So he did not indulge his appetite. But I would say the opposite. He just ate what was good. Actually, if you look here a little bit about uh, the carob, it's lots of sugar, but also it's lots of fiber. It's uh, 48, 50%, but about that, one-third you have fiber. Is that what God intended for us? I believe to eat. So we'll try to address the question, what food is the best for me and what is the best diet? Is that a fair question? Let's find what can we eat so we can gallop, uh, eat more of that. Here is a book that I got lots of things that I will use, Councils on Diet and Foods. I recommend you, you read that and uh, just follow there. There's some basic, I will show you some basic principles. The only thing is, do you see anything wrong here on the cover of this book? Is something that you think? I know, you, you, you cannot. It's, uh, this one, it, it, no, there is nothing wrong. <laughs> the only thing there, it says the message that the world now has. The best food for you, it's vegetables. And I will try to correct that today, hopefully, by God's grace. And uh, I think they would have been better off at, put, at least put some fruits in there. At least, if not just <laughs> But we'll see. We'll go together and we'll use logic and God and see what's the best food for us. Here is, a, I will say, the thought trend that I will try to go into and hopefully you will follow me and see it makes sense. In order to know what are the best food, we must study God's original plan for man's diet. He who had created man and who understand his needs appointed Adam his food. And uh, behold, he said, I have given you every herb yielding seed 
and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for food. Upon leaving Eden, to gain his life from, by tilling the earth under the curse of sin, man received permission to eat also the herb of the field. So in the beginning, basically, were fruits and nuts and seeds. And after that, they were came, because of the curse came the other stuff. I hope the kids will not use this, and next time we, you try to make them eat broccoli, we'll say, you know, this is uh, the result of curse. And, and uh, I gave them wrong ideas. But, uh, but the idea is, in the beginning, the original diet was fruit, seed, and, uh, and nuts. And uh, you, let's think logically. Before sin, there was no death. So it's possible there was no need of protein. Protein is actually when your body cells die and have to be supplied. I think after sin entered, you needed to have supplement. But then to function properly, God gave them fruits. You need energy to move and do and, and enjoy life. And God saw the best fuel for your body is the fruit and the seeds and the nuts. So that was our, let's say, our gasoline, 93, you know, octane of the super or however you call it. I never used that. <laughs> but the best gasoline that will keep you running and good functioning. So that was God's intended plan in the beginning. Of course, sin entered and God had added up something to make the emergency and the needs of the humans. And here is uh, some other advice. God is working in behalf of his people. He does not desire them to be without resources. He is bringing them back to the diet originally given to man. Their diet is to consist of the foods made from the materials he had provided. The materials principally used in these foods will be fruits and grains and nuts, but various roots will be also used. But tell me, from the last sentence there, what is the right conclusion? What should be the most food that we should use? Should be the greens? Fruits and grains and vegetables. And you can use a little, in a way, principally, it's, it's a clear word. You know, it's, it, it's no rocket science to understand. You know, the best food and the principle should be fruits, grain, and nuts. But also you can use some also, because you need those. I know it sounds kind of, you know, it's against of what, and I, this is the hardest thing, because, you know, now, when you do research, people are, you know, salads is the thing, healthiest thing. But you hear people, oh, fruits, oh, it's good, but not to, of course, they cannot come and say, but it's sugar, stay away from sugar, don't, oh, it's sugar. It's like you talk about donuts when you eat an apple, almost. When you talk about dry fruits, I, I find people saying, oh, you know, eating dry fruits, we'll see what Ellen White says about. It's almost like eating cookies. It's the base sugar. The sad fact, fact is that because of all this worldly wisdom, even some of our ministries that are supposed to teach, they come and propagate the same thing. But we'll see it goes against counsel that God gave to Ellen White. And here... 
Let's go into clear advice that she gave and make it very clear. For me, you know, it's clear as crystal. Again and again, I have been shown that God is bringing his people back to his original design that is not to subsist upon the flesh of dead animals. He will have us to teach people a better way. If meat is discarded, if the taste is not educated in that direction, if a liking for fruits and grains is encouraged, it will soon be as God in the beginning designed it should be. No meat will be used by his people. And here's something more. I mean, there is lots of good, uh, you know, I just picked up some of it because uh, I hope you will do more research and you will decide for yourself. The Lord desires those living in countries where fresh fruit can be obtained during a large part of the year to awake to the blessing they have in this fruit. The more we depend upon the fresh fruit as it is plucked from the tree, the greater will be the blessing. So indulge. I mean indulge. <laughs> Eat the fruits. It, it, uh, you know, it will fill up. You cannot really overeat. I, I, I start doing, actually, you know, I start experience, and I guarantee you it's very hard to overeat and have too much calorie if you just follow this advice. And uh, so you won't really have a problem. Oh, when should I stop? It will be well for us to do less cooking and to eat more fruit in its natural state. Let us teach the people to eat freely of the fresh grapes, apples, peaches, pears, berries, and all other kinds of fruit that can be obtained. Let this be prepared for winter use by canning using glass as far as possible instead of tin. But here is what she advises us, and by God's grace, I'll try to do it. Teach the people to eat freely of this. Eat like uh, when you go and the season starts, you go pick up blue, uh, strawberries. I used to go with my kids picking up cherries. And there are lots of tr- cherry trees, and everyone has different flavor. And we will go around, let's see, should we pick from this? We took some cherries. Um, um, oh, it tastes good. Let's see the other one. And we went and, of course, they, they will let you kind of, it was in, I think, uh, eat. But when we will go there, we will eat pounds of cherries. I don't think we ever had any problems. And uh, actually, uh, it's an experience we really enjoy. But why should they do that more often? I mean, nowadays you can... Of course, it's, uh, sometimes it's hard to go and pick up those, but, you know, you can buy them, and uh, there's lots of fruits. Here is uh, some advice that Ellen White gave to some uh, leaders that were doing with uh, having to work with the ministers. And here it's what she said. A plain, simple, but liberal supply of fruit is the best food that can be placed before those who are preparing for the work of God. Pastors, they need clear minds. They, they want to have sharp minds so they can discern the truth and teach the people. But I will say, I hope everyone of us are preparing for the work of the Lord. And I think this advice, it applies to us. Why should they just have, I think we need clear minds and uh, sharp minds and uh, energy that fruit gave you. And, uh, and here is some advice for people that had problems with their... Uh, it talks about for a dyspeptic stomach, you might place upon your tables fruits of different kinds, but not too many at one meal. 
And here is some advice I think is very important to pay attention to because I have to confess I was guilty of not following and because when you don't follow, you don't reap the blessing, actually become, you know, the reverse, it might be a blessing. So it's not good to mix too many fruits at one meal because all this uh, interaction, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it might spoil you and fermentation. So I'll say, for me now, I'll say two at a, at a meal the most. It's me. You decide three, four, I don't know, whatever the Lord will lead you. The idea is this one. Let's take practical. When the fruit season starts, are all the fruits at one time? No, it starts. I mean, first I think it's right the strawberries, late May, uh, late May, then the cherries in June, then peaches, uh, nectarines, and as you go, there are fruits coming. That, but I don't have them ripe almost at the same time. I think God designed it that way because that's the best way. And actually, if you do more research, you will find that as the weather is, God designed the fruit that, and the food that will be best for you to use in that time. If you just follow God's uh, plan and advice. Here, fruit we would especially recommend it as a health-giving agency. But even fruit should not be eaten after a full meal of other foods. This is a very important rule. I think many of us in the past might have made the mistake, but hopefully we'll repent. When you eat a full meal, you put beans, you put rice, you put salad and that, and eat a fruit, that causes, you know, fruit, it's easily digested. It should go in your stomach and get give you energy very fast. But when you mix it with that, it stays in there and it starts fermentation and all those things happen and it's not good. So... When you eat a, f- a full meal, just let that let the fruit for another meal, and uh, we'll see some of the things we can mix uh, with fruit, and that's bread or cereals. And here is something that I have to uh, to point at. You know, uh, I knew a lady who was battling cancer, and I know I heard her uh, saying that uh, she doesn't. Use, she approached. She had a good approach, but said, "Oh, I don't really use fruits because sugar, and you know, it feeds cancer." And uh, I know something that the lady was complaining about not having energy. And also, I'm, I mean, it's very tough. I know it's a very tough subject. I'm not talking about lady. I'm talking about the advice she got from. And I think, I don't know if it was the best. Everyone has to decide for himself. But for me, I think fruits are good for energy. And I don't think if you eat them the way God gave you to have some bad effects. The only thing is nowadays, you know, Satan worked it that way. God designed the food especially fruit to have and gave us energy. But Satan, you know, he's sneaky. He worked and perverted God's creation. And he gave us things that we like and kills us, chocolate and ice cream and all that. And actually those, if you look at, they're very close to the taste of fruits. The only thing, because it's all those mixtures, it seems to be more powerful and more intensive. And so people look at, oh, these things are not healthy for you. And they jump to the conclusion, oh, you know, fruits, they have sugar. It's not good for you. And so they throw the, the baby with the, as they call it, bathtub. 
But I think fruits are good. And here, as Ellen White says, are a health-giving agency. Actually, if you look at the nutrition, the fruit has, and I just discovered, they have even protein in it, but they have lots of, you know, um, energy, carbohydrates, complex, the good stuff, the gasoline, 93, and, uh, but also have lots of calcium and all the other antioxidants and so forth. And here, uh, something about dry fruits. Here, what she says about Wherever dry fruits, such as raisins, prunes, apples, pears, peaches, and apricots are obtained at the moderate prices, it will be found that, it can, that they can be used as stapled articles of diet much more freely than is customary with the best results to the health and vigor of the people that don't work hard. Is that what they say? What does it say? Of all classes of people. And people say, oh, you know, fruit diet, you know, working hard is not possible. Hey, the people that work hard, they need more energy. So that's the source of the best. I mean, that's what he said. Uh, more for the best results to the health and vigor of all classes of workers. Actually, I would like to say those people that work hard, they can eat more. And it's better to eat more. Basically, the fruits, the dry fruits, is just what God put it there without the water. The water was taken out and it's dried, but you still have the ingredients God put you to keep you moving and gave you energy and stuff like that. Here is another advice for a person that I think was, uh, I think she, it was being a, an advice for people at school or some teachers. Make fruit the article of diet to be placed on your table. We shall constitute the bill of fare. The juices of fruit mingled with bread will be highly enjoyed. Good ripe and decayed fruit is a thing we should thank the Lord for because it is beneficial to health. So, uh, okay, let's uh, just have a few words about fermentation. You know, if you look at the fruits, those are complex carbohydrates, basically sugars. In your body, those are burned and give you energy. And it's when fermentation takes place, all these sugars and that are transformed and they become acids. acids. That's why it gave you a sour taste and so forth. And the only, uh, but people, you know, eat fermented fruits like cheese, and that's the most unhealthy because these complex carbohydrates that are still in milk are changing and become acidic. And we eat it and we don't know why we get sick and die. And uh, so uh, basically uh, the only fermented food that is good is bread, but it should be the sweet bread because in the process of fermentation, the complex carbohydrates, they don't become acidic, but they are breaking down and still are complex. They are still uh, carbohydrates. But the bread should be sweet. You should not tolerate sour taste. That's what the advice is. But this is uh, just a side note about, you know, the sweet fruits are sweet. That's why we like sugar. But let's enjoy the way God made it and enjoy light and vigor. Actually, uh, I ran across a, a, a guy, he has a site, he's called the Fruitarians. 
uh, I mean, people that if they want, they want to look up. But he was a long-distance runner. And basically shows and validates what Ellen White advised us. And he was a marathon runner. But he kind of reached his peak, 2 minutes 40 seconds. It's a pretty good time. The record, I think, is two minutes, two hours, actually two hours, 40 minutes. The record is about two hours and 10 minutes or lower. But he reached kind of his peak, and he, whatever he could do, he could not drop that time, performance. But he was a pretty smart guy. He was experienced with diet and eating lots of healthy food. Actually, he was a vegan back then, and uh, raw, and but then, he ran across some book and he started eating more fruits. And he said, and he got on a, that diet, and he started performing better. And he was kind of, he's now 41, but he said after he got on a diet, mostly fruits, he started performing and feeling better and being healthy. Actually, he goes around, if you want, I can share with you, and talks with people about his health and how he talks about how nutritioners are amazed when he sees him because it goes against whatever they believe and they teach. But uh, it's, uh, for me, it was an eye-lightening and confirmed Ellen White's advice that we'll be better off if we'll. My take is this one. As Ellen White said, take, take and eat a liberal amount. Of, at one meal, some bread, eat four or five apples. It, it sounds, I mean, I know people will look like, what did you have for breakfast? Oh. I had six oranges and a bag, whole wheat bag. They would look like, to, oh, what's happening to you? But, you know, they won't have problem if people eat 10 chicken, uh, chicken legs with nothing. Actually, I saw a person, and I look, uh, and I said, what are you looking like? You know, this is my meal. It's food. So people have no problem with that. But if you start doing the healthy stuff, people will look like you, like you are, uh, you know, uh, Derailed or something, and actually it happened to me, <laughs> not necessarily. But uh, the New Year's Eve, I was at the potluck. I won't mention uh, uh, where. But. And so there was a uh, food, and I said, you know, since I prepare for this sermon, I start uh, my New Year's resolution is to eat more fruits, but not more than two at a meal. So there, they had some grapes and some tangerines. So I took them. I, I see there a, a lady next to me said, oh, you're eating fruits. I said, yeah, this is what I would like to eat nowadays. You know what she told me? <laughs> she told me, you look like one that eats fruits. <laughs> I was going to ask her, what do you mean? Is this a compliment? Or she said, I look old, like, uh, you know, uh, you are a poor guy and needs more food. <laughs> I thought to myself I could be nasty to her and tell her, you know, if you look around, you see all the junk food, this is the best option I can have here. But <laughs> thank the Lord, help me to don't, not speak what I, uh, I was kind of uh, thinking. Too. Uh, but here is uh, my idea. It's experience on yourself. For me, I just started, you know, and, but gave time. Don't expect, oh, I'll start eating more fruits and expect, oh, I'll go. And, uh, gave it time. A few weeks, after a month, you'll see the results. Actually, this guy explained when he got on that, he felt sick, sick. And it might happen to you, you know, your body might react to the health. And, but, you know, uh, just pray the Lord will help you stick. But, of course, you know, I'm not saying just eat fruits. 
I'll say, uh, have a good variety. Still eat your salads, rice and beans and that. But, you know, uh, if you eat more of this, I think you will feel the, you reap the benefits. More energy and good source of energy, what God intended in the beginning. Because of the curse, God did not change his plan. You know, he did not. Actually, I, I think in one, Ellen, he might have been one of the quotes. Ellen White was thankful that after the fall, God did not take away the supply of fruits, and we still have it. The only thing is uh, we, we should just be more kind of uh, ready to use what God gave us and reap the benefits of having energy. And uh, I know of myself, you know, when people next time, and, you know, make funny record, I say, you know, I'll challenge you, come and let's work together and see if you can uh, work with me when I tear down a chimney three-story high and let's work a, a day and see. If you still, uh, you know, pick up on me. <laughs> but uh, let the Lord help us, and I hope you will consider yourself this. What about chocolate, people will say, you know, chocolate. It's almost like, like fruits. It's carbohydrates, lots of it. And uh, I think that's the, the sad part is, uh, and I have bad news, I have to be honest with you. There's no comparison between chocolate and fruits. Actually, uh, it happened what the Bible says, and here is some advice we should be wise to take. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful meat. Deceitful meat. And actually, chocolate is the most Clear, if you want, example of this kind of deceitful meat. And why? I'll give you the reasons why. You know, uh, so much on the internet it talks about the benefit of eating chocolate. And if you do the research, all that they promote, actually I think the reverse is true. You know, they say, oh, it, uh, it helps you have a nicer skin. It improves memory, they say. It, uh, no, I mean, if you do research, you will see people try to convince you that that's what chocolate does to you. Just, you know, uh, they will boost your mood, they say. But here, let's see. And actually, the facts are undeniable, in my own opinion. Here is the truth. You like it. You, you are entitled to your own ideas, but the facts are facts. You are not entitled to your own facts. And here are the facts. And uh, here are a few people that talk against. I think that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, uh, the chemistry is very clear about what's happening in that. Uh, let's expel chocolate from our diets. Let's talk chemicals first. Chocolate comes from a seed, a cocoa bean. All cocoa from each chocolate is made contains tannin. Among its ill effects, tannin interferes with the release of digestive enzymes, which leads to an indigestion. It, also, it is also a dehydrator leading, to dehydrator leading to constipation and dry skin. Well, you know, some people promote it for making your skin beautiful. And, uh, you know, the chemical is there, 
you will see that the side effect and uh, is now teobromine, the, prima, the primary chemical in chocolate, can cause headaches, central nervous system irritation, sleeplessness, itching, depression, and anxiety. It is not to be dismissed lightly. But they said, oh, it, it, it boosts your mood. It deceives you. It, uh, it's deceitful me. The caffeine in cocoa acts similarly to a narcotic, leading to addiction. It gives a quick chemical lift to the mental processes, but always end in slower, lower mental alertness than before ingestion. And another chemical, methylsalactines, of which caffeine and theobromine are two, are linked to increase cell growth in certain glandular tissues. They interfere with enzyme signals, which can result in uncontrolled cell growth, the development of cysts and benign tumors, especially in the breast. And uh, I like to say... You know, you can substitute and use carob instead. Of course, the taste is, is close, but you don't have any of those chemicals, and they don't. It's going to be a while until you adjust your, you know, taste, but uh, I, I think uh, you will have a good conscience and not bother you, and you will enjoy good, healthy uh, benefits. I know uh, there was a time... I'll go to a health food store and I'll find carob uh, cover raisins. Unsweetened, just carob and raisins. And also almonds. And I'll buy them. But they discontinue. They say, oh, you know, there's not really market for... Good morning. Happy Sabbath. I kind of I really enjoy that. And uh, I liked it. I, I, said, I, I was eating them thinking to myself, oh, if I have to be like John the Baptist, I could survive on carob. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's not necessarily addictive, but you know what's happening. Maybe it's the mental also. When you know about doing the right things, you know, your taste will adjust. I know when I was a kid thinking about spinach, I would say, oh, you know, I might have associated that with eating grass. But now they know all the chemicals I can handle, and I enjoy eating spinach. And uh, the idea is this one. Let's choose who's our God. Is it... Uh, the one that gives us good advice and we should follow, or is it uh, the belly and the, what we like? And uh, I know it's not an easy struggle. I do still struggle with But I hope uh, there is encouragement because we have promise that we will be able to resist and dethrone this belly that tries to rule us. Here is uh, some of them. Uh, there are plenty of promises. Temptation to the indulgence of appetite possesses a power which can be overcome only by the help that God can impart. But with every temptation, we have the promise of God that there should be a way of escape. Why then are so many overcome? It is because they do not put their trust in God. They do not avail themselves of the means provided for their safety. The excuses offered for the gratification of perverted appetite are therefore of no weight with God. I know one of the most important things is to overcome all these excuses that we hear sometimes from the pulpit. You know, uh, 
Excess is bad, but moderation, if it's not too much, you can. No, if it's harmful to you, you shouldn't eat it. It's so easy as, as that, and God will help you stay away from that heart. And uh, let's start with uh, what we already know we should eat. <laughs> That's my uh, New Year's resolution. Uh, I was talking one day with a lady, you know, we were at lunch, and we talked about food. I said, yeah, we try to eat vegan and healthy and stuff like that. And, oh, I'm not there yet. I still eat that and that. You know? And it's kind of... And I said to myself, I said, oh, I'll try it. It's okay. I just hope you eat what you think is best for you. That was a big mistake because the lady said, no, actually, uh, uh, I eat things I know I shouldn't eat, she said. And I told her, you know, my big mouth started. That's not good. You know, if you eat things that you know you shouldn't good. You should, you know, you should start right there. I don't know how you can still indulge that, but in a way I know because, you know, all this gospel they preach, you know. Hey, you know, if you know it causes you being sick, let's have some logic and stop doing that. By God's grace, I think we can, and uh, with uh, the help of Christ. I'll call uh, and make here, maybe, uh, you know, Make an appeal for you and uh, make you to make some decision. First, let's investigate for ourselves what's the best. I brought you something. Just go between you and the Lord. Use the light he gave, good sense, and he will help you to enjoy life. And I think uh, we will arrive the benefits of obeying God. I will appeal that you will uh, start, stop doing things you know you shouldn't do. I remember a lady, you know, uh, saying, I know it's not healthy for you, but, but. Those are excuses that, uh, you know, we shouldn't make. If you know it's not good for you, by God's grace, let's change that. And said, you know, uh, I keep my body under. And, uh, you know, we are giving uh, an example, the athletes. You know, they are very... Uh, how do you call that? They are very uh, temperate. They eat what they know will help them perform best, but sometimes it's just during the competition. After that, they might change. But they do that for uh, worldly ambitions. Oh, I'll get a crown. People will cheer me for a year. I'll be in the, you know, in the spots. And, and, uh, but then, you know, but we are working for an unperishable, eternal crown of glory. We should follow their example of being temperate and don't eat things that, you know, slow us down and make us sick. Because, you know, eternity, you can compare with all the gold that the athletes gain. If you look at the athletes, they are in the spotlight for a year or two, and there may be sometime in the history books, but that's gone. So... You know, there are so many of them, and many times the people turn against you and that. I remember uh, one of the athletes, he had an interview after he competed and won, I think, a record gold medal at swimming. He was, what his desire is, and you know what he says? I wish I want to eat a triple cheeseburger. Because during training, I could not eat that. I would have, you know, be a lost. I would be, you know, no gold. But I say, you know, it's such a sad thing, you know, uh, that he don't, didn't keep up with the good things. And, but that's, it shows the human weakness and the human ambitions.
And uh, talking about cheeseburgers, triple cheeseburger, I know some people will say, hey, Nick, but, you know, have you looked at the price of the fruits? You know, uh, you, you, you might be a man of wealth and uh, you're poor, but, you know, go look at the price. But, you know, let's look calories. How much you spend for a triple cheeseburger? Somebody knows? I think it's $3. And gave you about 600 calories. With $3, if you go to a, an orchard, you can buy about three pounds of apples. That will give you a little bit more calories than that. But, you know, the health benefit and all overall, it, it, it doesn't compare. But let's look. Dry fruits. $3 worth of dry fruits. You buy six, uh, I mean, a, a, a pound of raisins, and you have there, a, a cal- you know, a bomb of calorie, but it's good, healthy calories that uh, you will enjoy. And uh, as Ellen White says, it's a health-giving agency. will give you energy. And uh, I know, uh, and I'm thinking now to try to do more because I see there is a lack of information about this. And the sad part is I heard it. And first, when I kind of heard it, you know, people that present health seminars, they put down fruits. And I kind of felt, you know, it doesn't feel good. I didn't do that much research. By now, the more I see, the more I, I boil down. I say, how can, you know, you go against Ellen White prophet when you go and say, you know, and you come, you know, talking, oh, dry fruit is like sugar. Dry fruit is like eating sugar. But, uh, no, I beg par- pardon. You know, Ellen White says that uh, dry fruits will be the result you'll have health and vigor if you eat them. I mean, those are to help you. Maybe you can handle to eat six apples at a time. You eat four, but eat some raisin, and you'll have energy to go. And uh, I think we need to have wisdom, and we have to be, be ready to be ridiculed if we go with this. It's not going to be easy. For me, I know, I made my account. You know, my uh, goal is... When I go to people, I don't look on their plate and I don't make comments. <laughs> the sad part is people don't respect me and uh, you will hear talking or maybe making crude remarks and that. But with God's help, I think we can be a witness about the blessing of following his advice. So my uh, appeal to you is let's do things so we can enjoy life, so we can have energy and have health. And I think the key is to see what God advised us and follow his advice. My best wishes for 2019. May the Lord help us to have an year that we can perform to the best. And I think one of the keys is more of, uh, let's, uh, I have something here. Oops. I think if we'll eat more of those, I think we will reap the benefits. May the Lord help us. And uh, a good year to have. Amen.